Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You know what? I know I'm outrageously, wildly unreasonable here. And I'm asking for the moon on a stick. But am I really that much of a wild, raging extremist for wanting the BBC to accurately and fairly comment on what's happening in our country, not least the consequences of, ooh, 13 years now of Conservative rule, lucky old us. What a mad zealot I am. Now, I know, I get, that the Director General of the BBC is a former Conservative activist. I know that the Chairman of the BBC had to resign after he failed to declare his connection to a loan, uh, a secret £800,000 loan, to Boris Johnson, I know that the former flagship interviewer of the BBC, Andrew Neil, is a raging right-winger who is chairman of the Hard Right Spectator magazine. I know that one figure on the BBC board is a massive conservative, Big C, who worked as a Tory spin doctor and was condemned by the former BBC journalist, Emily Maitlis, for being an active Tory party agent shaping BBC news output. I know that David Cameron, George Osborne, Theresa May, Boris Johnson... And Rishi Sunak all hired senior BBC figures as their spin doctors. I know that 13 years of Tory rule has left the BBC cowed with constant threats of, uh, well, threats, intimidation and all the rest of it. The general full force of the government. I know that the right-wing press, which dominate our newspaper industry, use their power to further browbeat the BBC into towing their line. I know that the closeness of some senior journalists to the powerful can compromise impartiality. In short, I am more than familiar with why the BBC ends up echoing conservative narratives and failing to challenge Tory policies. But come on, come on. This week, the BBC tweeted out, UK wages rise at fastest rate since records began. Now, a lot of people aren't going to read past that and they'll think, woohoo, cost of living crisis is over, baby. Now, then you read on, I'll just read on, Wages grew at a record annual pace in the April to June period, according to new official figures. Regular pay rose by 7.8%, the highest annual growth rate since comparable records began in 2001. The stronger-than-expected increases fueled forecasts the Bank of England will be forced to raise interest rates again to calm inflation. Inflation, which measured the rate at which prices rise, has eased but remains high at 7.9%. Uh, Darren Morgan, Director of Economic Statistics at the Office for National Statistics, which released the wage and employment figures, says the latest figures suggested real pay growth, which takes into account the rate of inflation is recovering. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak said there was light at the end of the tunnel for the millions struggling with the cost of living. So we've read through all of that. Sounds very rosy, doesn't it? And I, again, I'm not sure how far people will read through the article. It just sounds very rosy and all the rest of it. Then you get to the seventh paragraph and you read this. However, wage growth is not quite outstripping the pace of price rises. Mr Morgan told the BBC's Today programme that real pay growth was still falling a little, dropping by 0.6%. Yeah, I'd say that's the most important bit, actually, guys. So, in fact, wages aren't rising at the fastest rate since records began. They are, in fact, still falling in real terms. That's the headline fact. UK wages continue to fall, not a record, the biggest increase in rate wages since records began. What matters is 
how much wages actually are in the real world. That's real wages. Doesn't If you don't take into account prices, it's a meaningless statistic, isn't it? I mean, obviously, if there was massive inflation, and that you, that would be obvious. If it went to a thousand percent, you'd be like, and then and then price and, and wages rose at a hundred percent. You wouldn't be like, oh my god, wages a hundred percent. You'd be like, well, actually, that's a massive fall given inflation. It's just ridiculous. I shouldn't even need to spell that out to be honest with you. Now, there's a couple of other problems too, <laughs> to say the least. So, a lack of general context. Just how severe has the wage squeeze been? In this country, a proper report would note that Britain has had the longest squeeze in wages since the early 19th century. It would note that wages are about a thousand pounds lower than they were in 2008 when the financial crash happened and the bankers plunged us into a disaster we've, as you can see, never recovered from. It would note that British workers are on average 11,000 pounds a year poorer than if their wages had risen from 2008 at the same rate as before. These are all detailed studies. It would note that British workers are projected still to be poorer in 2026 than in 2008, and that represents essentially two decades of lost pay growth in Britain. Those are the facts. That's the context. That's what a proper piece on the reality of pay in Britain would provide you with. They would provide you with that basic information. Doesn't though, does it? It doesn't end there. What the piece does is uncritically regurgitate the claim that it's wages driving inflation. Despite just using common sense, we have higher rates of inflation than countries which haven't suffered the same drop in real wages. Have we managed that? Have we managed to have lower wages, wage increases, but higher inflation if wages are... Anyway, you, you, you can see what's happening there. Now, let's just listen to writer and economist Grace Blakely exposing this nonsense. If they pay them what they deserve, how does the government satisfy its challenge of bringing down inflation? And then all the other public sector workers are going to turn around and say, we, we, you, you just, you've just given the doctors 35% that they've asked for. Mm. That's what they deserve. It's for the, over years, they've not had the money they want. You've got to give the nurses more. You've got to give teachers more. I made this point over a year ago when I was on this show, that actually we have this idea that the reason we have inflation is that everyone is just being paid so much money and it's just this amazing time for poor working class people who are on high salaries. Of course, that's absurd. We actually know now from economic studies that what's driving inflation is corporate profits. It's profiteering from energy companies, from big monopolistic organizations that are putting up prices because they can, basically, because they have a stranglehold over their markets and they're able to do that. It's not workers driving inflation. You can easily give no Nurses, give doctors a pay rise and then say we're going to do a, a bigger windfall tax on the energy companies or tax profits that have gone up over the course of the cost of living crisis and actually keep inflation low. This is such an important point from Grace. This idea of a wage price spiral given the unprecedented squeeze in wages is a nonsense. It's not why prices have gone up. Corporate profits. That's where we should be pointing the finger. Now, the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development looked earlier at whether workers, businesses or governments had contributed most to inflation. And the data revealed that in the UK, drumroll, businesses were most to blame. That vindicates what the Unite Union said in a report, a very detailed expert report, over a year ago, finding that company profits were behind nearly 60% of the inflation rise. Profit margins for the biggest British companies it found were 7 uh, 3% higher in 2021 and 2019 pre-COVID, even though sales had fell. Now, they, they were just ignored or ridiculed at the time, I should note, proven devastatingly accurate. We've seen this everywhere. Seen it in Europe. The IMF reporting rising corporate profits account for almost half the increase in Europe's inflation over the past two years as companies increase prices by more than the spiking costs of imported energy. So what they've done in practical terms is use the energy price spike, which is 
massively driven inflation, of course, to then hike their prices more and then make more money. Profits booming because they've increased their prices. That is driving inflation, not wages. That is the facts. Those are the facts. I mean, it could go on. The head of the European Central Bank said corporate profits were the biggest factor driving up prices in 2022 and would again be the same this year unless businesses are forced to absorb rising wage bills. These are the facts. And the BBC's failed to report the facts. What it does is provide a misleading analysis of wages with a completely false headline in practical terms in a way which is favourable to the Conservative government. And I've set out why I think the BBC has been cowed and has ended up subordinate in many ways to, or, or has allowed itself to shape um, or, or echo, echo Tory narratives, shaping its coverage according to uh, Tory beliefs about how the government operates. These are the facts. I think I provided the facts which should have been in the article. Some of them should have been, but they weren't. And instead... Many people have been left looking at that thinking, wow, well, this is great, record wage growth, woo-hoo-hoo, and being left thinking, well, that's why inflation is going up and then they will end up supporting interest rate heights, which are bad for the economy, driving down living standards and suffocating demand. We need to challenge this. It's not good enough. I hope I've done a good job there. Be interested as ever to hear your thoughts. Do leave your comments. Do like and subscribe um, and support. Keep us with this podcast and video channel to continue on patreon.com forward slash ownjones84. Um, and I'll see you in a bit. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify in store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23.